Well, welcome everybody this evening to our Wednesday uh, midweek service. Uh, we've been hitting signs of the times, signs of the time. Uh, There's a lot of in-depth information as we've talked about. So we're gonna um, we're gonna let this be our last signs of the time uh, for this uh, this season, and then we'll return next season <laughs> with a new episode of Signs of the Time. <laughs> Oh, okay. So let's uh, let's uh, let's get into this word right now. Let's get into Second Peter three, just to open us up. We'll revisit Second Peter three again later. Let's start here. Second Peter three, verse eight. Second Peter three, verse eight. It says, "But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Be not." ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day one day is a is a thousand years a thousand years is one day and t- scripture tells us not to be ignorant so so as we start getting into this word the temptation and signs of the time revelations last days and times we're so tempted not to want to know or so tempted to blow it off like what difference does it make well, again, the Bible has a genesis, a beginning of cre- creation, and it has a revelation, right? And God has this detail for us for a particular reason. And as we've been unpackaging this, uh, we're, 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 we're being given insight, advanced information, so either, number one, we can be ready for it. Number two, we can equip ourselves for it. Number three, we can make adjustments in our life. Uh, number four, we can repent and turn from some things so we don't find ourselves um, on the wrong side of eternity. <laughs> That's probably the best way I could put it, on the wrong side of eternity. So again, the reason why I highlighted that first scripture, because what we're going to find today, especially uh, we're about to get into some uh, the uh, explanatory prophecies here, what we're going to find here is how it looks like, okay, did, did this happen already? Is it happening now? Is it going to happen? But again, a day is like a thousand years. So, okay, so let me explain the day is like a thousand years so we can bring it to our time. So, so, so right now I'm sitting here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you know, I have a friend, uh, I've ever have a actually I have a niece in California. I have a nephew in California. A good friend friend of mine, Maurice Hall, lives out there in California. So California, if I got in a car right now and start driving to California, it probably takes a couple weeks to get there. But if I if I elevate in the in the air high enough, I can see all the way to California. I can see uh what takes two weeks of time. I can see in a moment, right? So just like you know, I'm uh, right now. I'm sitting here in the sanctuary, but if 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 I got on the roof, I probably could see down the street. Uh, I could see minutes away in one moment. If I got high enough in the helicopter, I probably could see the city. Okay, I can see uh, half hour away or whatever in a moment. The, the higher you get, the more you can see at one time. So imagine where God sits on a circle of earth, you know, 
he could see years ahead in one moment. So that's why a day is like a thousand years to God. And this, this, this all makes sense when we get further into this. So let's get into this uh, outline that I gave you, the uh, explanatory prophecies in Revelations 12. Revelations 12, which you have there listed uh, already on the outline. And the, the first thing you have list, lifted, listed is um, the woman. But before we get into that, what you're going to find in this, these prophecies or this breakdown, especially, especially Revelations 12, 13, maybe 14, is um, you're going to see what took place in the heaven realm, paralleling some things we already know about that took place in the earth realm. And so, so for me, like, the, these revelations are like parables. And, you know, even when Jesus was uh, breaking down the prodigal son, he said a certain man had two sons. And he, so, so, again, we know the prodigal son and the son that stayed home, but how he broke it down, it had a heaven, heavenly meaning, but it also had an earthly meaning. If you start reading that story, you know, it's like, wow, the uh, guy went afar off, uh, uh, gain value for what he had. You'll see how that parallels to uh, leaving the heaven realm and coming into the earth realm and learning to appreciate the God of heaven, not take it for granted like most angels do, right? So, so same thing here. You'll start to see some things that, are, that take place that are representing some things that we already know about, some things that have already happened, but how can I say the uh, curtain is being pulled off so we can see the whole picture. Remember in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth at the same time. The, God's intent was never for heaven and earth to be separated. That was a result of sin. Adam and Eve sinning and all they saw, all they played off of, uh, all their decision making was now based on what they saw in the earth realm. Before that, they were focused on the heaven realm, but living and enjoying things in the earth realm. After sin, they were focused on themselves in the earth realm and lost sight of the heaven realm. But it was supposed to be designed together. We've talked about uh, heaven and earth here a lot and heaven and earth teaching. It's one of my niches. It's one of my passions. Um, from Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 2-1, the God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them. So, 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 so again, it was supposed to harmonize together. And so this will give you a good picture of what was happening in the heaven realm while things were happening on the earth realm. So here you have this, this woman uh, in um, uh, Revelations 12, 1. It says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. And it says, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And it says, and she with uh, being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And they cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child 
who was to rule all nations with the rod with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled in, into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that she should feed her th that they should feed her there uh, a thousand two hundred and three score days, uh, three and a half years. All right, so the interesting thing is here, so he says, okay, what's going on here? Well, the woman is Israel. Clothed with the sun is Jacob. And the moon, which is Rachel, under her feet, Rachel, remember, Jacob's wife, it says, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. I'm sure we can figure that out. That's the uh, 12 children of Israel or the tribes, right? Which was uh, Israel, Israel who had, oh, I'm sorry, Jacob who had became Israel uh, after he got blessed by an angel. It was his 12 sons, right? And then you have, uh, and she being with child, that's Christ, right? Travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder, and it talked about the red dragon. We already know who that is. Uh, that's Satan, seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. And that's uh, uh, the hierarchy of the Roman Empire or the, the kingdoms that the adversary was influencing. And it says, and his tail, meaning uh, the adversary, drew a third part of the stars of heaven. Well, we know Satan took with him a third part of the angels. Uh, so, so again, in heaven you had, you had, you had a host of angels, and you had a, a, you had a third part of them were the warrior angels, and they had an archangel or prince over them. That's Michael, and then you had the messenger angels who had an archangel and a prince over them, and that was Gabriel, and then you had the the worshiping angels. Uh, who had a worshiping angel, had an archangel and a prince over them, and that was Lucifer. And he was, he was the head of the, the three, the three princes. He, he was the guy, right? So when he fell, which you'll see behind the scenes, all that took place in the family in heaven at that particular time. But when he fell, he took with him those that were following him, those that were under him, and that was a third of the angels, right? And that's why it says a third of the stars of heaven. It's not talking about the stars that was on the crown of the woman. Those were the children of Israel. It's talking about a third of the stars of heaven, okay? Right, and it says, and they cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Remember, through the whole process, Satan was trying to take Jesus out uh, before he was birthed into the earth realm, basically to pay the price for our sins so we wouldn't have to spend eternity with Satan and those other angels, right? It's, uh, it says, she, and she brought forth a man-child who, who was to rule all nations, which we know he has all power, right? Uh, with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God to his throne, so we know who that is. Jesus was caught up unto God to sit on the right hand of the Father, right? 
And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her their a thousand, um, two hundred and three score days. That's uh, 1260. So it's three and a half years. So it's likening to, it's, it's paralleling it to a travail. Now, again, yeah, where do you get all this stuff from? If you, in your own time, you read through Genesis 37, 9 and 10, and you read uh, um, uh, the dream that Joseph had, everything that we just uh, described here, the stars, uh, now he said 11 stars will be bound down unto, unto him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, because he was the 12th. Right, and then it, it, it likened Rachel to the moon, it, like, it likened uh, Jacob to the sun. So this is just a parallel of Genesis 37, 9, and 10, okay? So it's, it's not just, again, I, just, I didn't just randomly pull this out of my hat, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the scripture lines this stuff up, so that's why, you know, I think through uh, how sometimes we don't want to take the time to get into the details. Sometimes we want to blow over the details. But what's causing us to stumble and to struggle and to be shocked, surprised, and not prepared is we ain't paying attention to the details. You know, I know I have a history of being very exhaustive and very detailed as an individual. And sometimes people go, ah, it's just too much. Well, the reality is it's, it's relative. Too much is relative. It, I'm exhausted because I have a thirst for the things of God, the kingdom of God, understanding how God wants us to flow and operate. And so you might have a person that says, you know, because people talk about the different types of learners that they are. But see, I watch people when, when they're passionate about something. See, when they're passionate about something, they're very detailed. Like, for example, I know guys could tell you every stat for years, like, Oh, no, 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 that was, that was 1980. No, they won that championship in 1980. I remember it was 1980 because of this, this, that, and the other. Well, for me, for whatever reason, that person has a niche for that, so he's using the same processor that he could be understanding the kingdom to understand sports, right? Or sports history. We'll use sports history. If you watch kids, kids, you know, their parents will go, well, you, know, you know, the kids these days, you know, got a short attention span. Have y'all been paying attention to how long they've been on that, 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 that PlayStation? How many hours? I mean, I mean just, you know, because y'all been home. How many hours have they been on that PlayStation? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? Hours and hours. How many hours, how many hours do we spend on Facebook? How many hours do we spend on Twitter, Instagram? See, what I'm saying is, and we're reading on these things. Like, we're reading their posts and different things like that. So, again, we have the capacity. God just wants us to shift it over to the details of the kingdom. Some of you may go, well, I don't play PlayStation. I don't do Instagram. I don't do none of those things. And I'm not into sports. Yeah, but I guess you, I, I guarantee you know who have and who have not. And some of you have been doing pretty good to keep up with, you know, you know, starts with a K. You know the family, Right? So, so again, what, what we're, detailed, we're detailed on the particular shows we watch. Okay, okay. well, I don't watch shows. I don't really watch TV. I get, yeah, but you watch makeup. You watch, you, you watch hair, hair products. You study every, some of you use every product made to mankind, like every single product, right? 
to detail. Well, you want to wash your hair with berries and, and add berries and, and coconut with a touch of olive oil or whatever, you know. Uh, you know the dyes, you know the makeups, you know the, you know the pedicures, whatever the case may be. You know the, the and listen, you know what the red bottom shoes are. You know, I had to learn this stuff, but like, you know, you know, the t you could tell somebody what type of pocketbook they have a mile off. Those are details. You understand what I'm saying? They're details. You know where to shop, how to bargain, where to order this and where to order that. And, and I, I just went on a tangent of, to explain that we're using this capacity God gave us. He's asking that we arrest it fast from using it for these other things and shift some of that, that, that focus and that energy, that attentiveness into the kingdom, okay? All right, so, so, so we talked about um, uh, pretty much one through six. Let's, and, and then the next thing you have on your list is the war in heaven in Revelations 12, uh, seven, seven through 12. And the, 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 so, so you have a war in heaven and a war on earth. The war in heaven is pre-tribulation. The war on earth is, is kind of, because, uh, you, you know, remember the tribulation is split up. So you got three and a half years and three and a half years. Then you have a mid-tribulation where some things are going to happen. So, so verse 7 says this, Revelations 12, 7. It says, there was, there was a war in heaven. Uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Remember? Those angels that were cast down. And prevailed not. So this is kind of a breakdown of... How uh, Satan, uh, in that first part, how he ended up coming to earth with a third of the angels. It says, and they fought his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Remember, Jesus said, I beheld them fallen as lightning. And it says, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, we, now we know this took place because what took place around this time, remember in, uh, in Genesis 1-2, you could just write that down. I don't have that presented for you. But Genesis 1-2, it says God walked out. He says, and, and, uh, and there was darkness and void upon the face of the earth. And then God said, let there be light. So a part of that process of God having to come and expect the earth that he created. God didn't create the earth with a void. Remember, a day is like a thousand years. So he created the earth beautiful. But when he cast Satan down and, and his, his, see again, heaven and earth was together. Just like there was no corruption in, in heaven, there was no corruption in the earth. Once Satan was cast down, he created the darkness and void, him and his uh, demons and imps, right? So God saw darkness and void upon the face of the earth and says, let there be light. You'll see, uh, that's, that's Genesis 1, uh, Genesis uh, 6, you'll see, uh, you can write that down for yourself in Genesis 6, I believe like 2 through 4, you can write it down. Um, again, I'm sorry, I don't have that presented for you on the screen, but... In Genesis 6, you'll see that there was, uh, oh, it says that the, the, the angels saw 
men of the earth, the women of the earth, and saw that they looked good, and it said it took them, they took them to wife. That's what created the giants. That's why, you know, that's, you know, uh, the family of Gath, which, uh, what's his name, uh, Goliath, was a descendant of. So that's when you started seeing abnormalities, you know, people beyond, you know, we don't want to call, I was about to say average height because I'm average height. <laughs> Right, but but way beyond six, six five, six six, six seven, seven foot, you start seeing eight foot, nine foot, things of that nature, because you had uh, a a heavenly being mating with an earthly being, producing something that was uh, astronomical or something that was never seen before. But that's what happened when they came down to the Earth realm, and it says. Uh, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of, of our God and the power of our Christ. Now, again, this is John getting a picture of what took place back then. Like the curtain is being drawn back. Okay, Satan was sent down. And I know he's cast down because of rebellion, but what was the details? So here you see some of the details. And, and, and you say to yourself he was, he was cast down. Because, of course, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 says, you know, I'll be like the most high. I, I. See, see when you, we start operating in I, we're taking on his nature. But I will be like the most high. Listen, I know he the man, but I, I can be the man. I'm influencing people with worship. Like people are moving because of worship. See, he didn't realize he was an extension of the source. He wasn't the source. And that's what we do sometimes. God starts to use us. He may use you with signs, wonders, healing. He may use your voice and the atmosphere changes. You have to realize that's God using your voice. That's not you. But people start taking it on to themselves like, oh, this is me. I'm sweet. And, that's, and they, that influences Satan. I, I. And see, God can't have this uh, things that are out of harmony in heaven. Heaven can't be have any, perfect, any imperfection, so Satan left like lightning. Rebellion, see, see, we negotiate with rebellion now. And our, okay, well, you know, I understand you're rebelling, you're not in agreement, but, you know, and, 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 you know, we do it on the jobs, we do it in ministry. Like, we're trying to convince people to be in harmony. We do it in marriages, we do it with our kids. Hey, hey, you know, if you could just roll with us. Now, listen, listen, I'm trying to tell you, if we could be in agreement, you know, the house divided can't stand, can't, uh, can two walk together unless they be agreed? We got all the scriptures. God didn't go through all that. Disagreement, disharmony, gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, because it can't happen. And so here, you know he left, you know he rebelled, and you know there was a fight, there was a war, but why? See, again, there's, there's, there's so much more going on. That's why you got to read the Revelations. We, 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 we see a taste of what we, what's been injected in us uh, over time. We see a taste of it. Like, think about it. Your, your child is born, a lot of us was born, born in sin and shape of iniquity. And you don't have to teach a child, no. You don't have to teach. <clears throat> Remember my grandson, I'm going to put it, but I was one time, my wife was talking to him, he was like, Shh. like, like, like. Listen, I took on the, he took on the nature of the adversary. I took on the nature of God. I, I stopped what I was doing. He went in talking to me. I said, oh, no, 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 you come here. Because that's not an option. It's just not a rebellion. It's not an option. Right? 
And so, so, so I, when you look at this, you say to yourself, man, so what else was going on? I'm going to tell you what else was going on. They got a, uh, God has a wonderful plan. He has a wonderful flow, flow. But you have this top angel starting to uh, question, almost like uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker in, <laughs> in Star Wars. You know, like you're already about to elevate to a certain level, but, but you can't go with the flow. You start to question the authority. So now you're not submitted to authority, so you start to lose authority. And when you start to sense the loss of authority and power, you start to, uh, misery loves company, you start to try to divide and conquer. So now you, you know, you ever see it, you see a, uh, a person that's trying to divide and conquer, everybody's flowing in harmony. They, they won't say, don't flow in harmony. They'll come up to the person and go, man, what do you think about that? You think we should be doing that? I don't think, man, I, I think we should be doing such and such. Man, you think that's right? See, again, they're trying to create a question. Or let's say if, 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 if you're off and you're corrected and you go, man, I didn't realize I was doing that. That person will come to you and go, man, they, they corrected you for that? See, I wouldn't have corrected you for that, man. I didn't think there was nothing wrong with it. See, so they're trying to stir up... Uh, uh, so discord. Remember, God said he hates sowing discord among the brethren. Why does he hate it? It happened way before we got in the earth realm. It happened in heaven. Look here. Um, let's keep on reading. It says, after it said, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of, of, of our God, the power of his Christ. Look, after the colon, it says, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So, 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 he was, see, I know we, we hear these scriptures and we think it's just what he's been doing since, since we've been in this earth realm. No, he's been operating this way for a long time. And heaven had peace. You ever had that complaining, uh, always causing trouble, always sowing discord person at your job, or, or in the family, or on your team, or in your ministry, and they, you know, they talk themselves out of their position. You notice how there's peace right after that? <laughs> I, look, look, I'll let you think about that for a second. I know some of y'all sitting there going, ooh, ooh, I, ooh, I, I don't want to say who, but yeah, I seen that, I seen that. Yeah, see, that didn't just start around you. That started in heaven. It, it says it right here. It says, oh, my God. It, 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 <laughs> they were so thrilled when, because heaven is about harmony. And Satan was throwing off the harmony. And they were so happy when uh, Michael and them um, got rid of him. It said he accused the brethren. That's why the scripture says in Psalm 8, it says, uh, it says uh, one angel was like, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that thou visiteth him? I can guarantee you, it was Satan or somebody on his team <laughs> questioning God. Right? Like, God favoring man didn't take away your power. What do you care? Just, hey, 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 slow your role and play your role, right? Like, you straight. 
Why do you, why, why? Because someone else is being elevated. See, see, it's, 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 you, you can't be hating. You just got to appreciate. What is what? It's, uh, uh, we always talk about this here at the church. Somebody else has a birthday too, and they're going to be celebrated. What's wrong? Like, your birthday can't be every day. Your birthday can't be when everybody's birthday is. Hope you're training your kids that way, all right? Because God is trying to train us that way. Celebrate to elevate. All right, so anyway, let me, I got off on that. That's why the scripture says, do all things without murmuring and disputing in Philippians 2.14, right? God said, we can't be rolling like that. And it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. It says, woe to the, the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. This is key. It says, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man. And that's uh, uh, Jesus. And he's been persecuting her seed ever since. Remember, remember the curse? See, when he saw that he was brought forth, he already saw the plans. He's like, oh, I done blew it. I'm going to spend eternity in craziness, but I'm not going by myself. So he's been trying to influence us to get caught up in murmuring and disputing, complaining, being negative of uh, the same way. So, so, so now you see behind the scenes what was going on. So, that, you know, that, that was the war in heaven which parallels to some things we saw take place on the earth. And then, you, of course, you had the war on earth, which represents, represents like the other three and a half years. It says, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, which bore forth the man child. I just read that. And to the woman, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, and she said she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and, and time and a half uh, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent uh, cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. And she's sitting out, uh, think, look at what took place in the heaven realm and think about what took place on the earth, right? that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now we know there was a flood on the earth realm. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. It's after her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have testimony of Jesus Christ. So again, you see the parallels here what was going on in the heaven realm, days like a thousand years, would manifest in, see, it's a day in the heaven realm, it's a thousand years in the earth realm. So what manifests is we know there was a flood. So the adversary tried to take out the entire remnant. God allowed the flood because of the compromise. But think about it, the flood could have just stayed. But the earth opened up and the waters receded, God allowed that too. And there was a reset because there was a, uh, again, of course, there, there's, there, there's, there's folk that perish, but there's a reset to restart some things. But the adversary didn't stop there. He's been after the seed ever since. 
attacking the sea. And that's why he's been attacking your life. And then uh, Revelations 13 uh, gets into the beast of the sea for the sake of time. Some of these things I'm going to hit specifically, and some of them I'm just going to highlight. I'm going to highlight these, the beast, the, the beast of the sea, uh, and that's Revelations 13, 1 through 10. And again, it's talking about the kingdoms of the sea. Um, the, uh, a lot of times it's, 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 in our time, is referring to a lot of European kingdoms. Uh, the beast of the earth is, we'll get into this. Excuse me. Hopefully we'll get into this as we get into what, I, what I'm trying to get to. Revelation 19, Revelation 20 and 21. You'll see where the false prophets fit in there. Right? The false prophets, uh, beasts of the earth. Right? And then I talked to you the other week about the 144,000. Um, I gave you Revelations 14. You can read it through for yourself. Revelations 14, 1 through 5. In specific, I told you virgins, no guile, and without fault. So we talked about that last week. Uh, <laughs> just because a lot of times people just be putting themselves in 144,000. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 you, you read the details if you read through that. And then the second part of Revelations 14, um, again, I, I have it listed for you there, so I'm just trying to not to, trying to be detailed, but not too much. Uh, you have the three angels announcement. So three, three announcements of the angels. So one of the angels, uh, his announcement with a loud voice was, fear God. And give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and, wor <clears throat> and worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of water. So, so again, the first angel was like, ho, ho, ho. Like, like, wake up, basically. You know, which is what God's trying to tell us in our time. The second angel was announcing, hey, he started yelling, Babylon has fallen, the great city, because she made all nations, look, look, to drink of her wine of the wrath of her fornications. So it's, 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 it's talking about these kingdoms that have established a culture of, of fornication, sexual immorality. And if you look around our culture, uh, you know, a certain, certain cultures is even worse, but I know when I was younger, there's certain things you wouldn't even see on TV. You would, I mean, you, you, you were rarely see any level of nudity. But now you could just watch a regular show and you see all types of butt and all types of stuff. Hopefully, I guess that's okay uh, <laughs> in the church. <laughs> right? Y'all know what a butt is, right? Okay, good. <laughs> Pastor. Right? All right, so, 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 and then uh, the third angel, look, look. First angel was saying, worship God. Second angel was saying, listen, look, these compromised kingdoms are falling. The third angel says this, because it's talking about what's going to take place during this tribulation period. It says, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. It says, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So, 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 so the angels are breaking down. Hey, they're always telling us what's coming. Just like in this earth realm, 
God gives us advanced information. This, this is prophecy. Like, this is not prophecy that was written today or last week or last year for that matter. Before we were born, we got advanced information. Like, like we, just, we just blow as if we don't have time. To, like, we want to know, but we don't want to know. Does that make sense? Like, I'm asking as if all y'all here right now. Does that make sense? I feel you. It makes sense to you. All right. Then uh, at the end of um, Revelations 14, it talks about the harvest judgment. And so, so, so again, remember you remember in Mark chapter four, verse 29, uh, you know, we're talking about how the Lord planted a, a harvest, a great harvest of, 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 of seed and, 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 uh, prosperous trees, but then they saw like wheat, they saw uh, weeds or tares is what the scripture says in Mark chapter 4. And he's like, well, uh, master, should we go in and, and, and take those, those, those weeds out, those tares or, or that which is going to corrupt the harvest? And he said, no, 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 no. At this particular time, he says, he says an enemy has come and sold those in. And sometimes we've allowed that by our compromise. We've, we've been so casual what we expose ourselves to. Some of us are walking around with dis-ease because we don't establish boundaries. Everything is all good. Just because somebody smile at you or pump you up or make it easier for your compromise, that doesn't mean that that person's thinking about your best interest. So since we don't guard our heart with all diligence at times, you know, we've allowed, uh, just like the children of Israel, when God said, hey, don't y'all get with them. And some of them compromised and they allowed the, the, a, a, a weakened remnant to sow into their environment. God is saying, look, the adversary got in. He says, but you don't want to just rip out what's corrupt at the same time. He says, let the tares grow with the wheat. He says, when the harvest comes, when it's harvest time, he says, the sickle will be put in. And when, when that sickle's put in, the, the tares will fall, the, the corrupt will fall off of that which is not corruptible. He says, you just got to give it time. So that's what happens, you know, me as a leader, as I'm growing, me and my wife, as we're growing the church, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, People have allowed the wrong element to uh, contaminate their thinking at times. Not because they're evil. They, they, you know, see, we live this life. Sometimes we go, well, you know, that, that's no big deal to me. I'm not paying no attention. Yeah, so we're, we're, what we ignore doesn't go away because we ignored it. Or it doesn't, has left, less of an effect on our lives or the people that we're, we want to really benefit. So now we allow these tears or this, this uh, corruption to gain access, right? And so sometimes it happens in, in the church where a person, all of a sudden, they were rolling and they just start thinking different. They start operating different. But they never say to themselves, I'm acting like the person I've been spending time with. But it's obvious, that's we can see it. But other people watching us dealing with that person may say, how come they just don't rip that person out of what they're doing? Well, we're following the same principle. You got you to gotta let that, that thing grow 
uh, so the tear can fall off. Hopefully, it doesn't damage the wheat before that time. They don't, they don't allow it to uh, submerge them or take over them. So we have to be patient. We just can't have knee-jerk reactions. Does that make sense? So, so this is what that's referencing, and that's uh, Revelations 14, 14 through 20, which you have. And then you have these, uh, you have the judgment. You have the seven bowls judgment. Uh, we'll get into that the next teaching. We're not going to get into now, get into that now because that's, that's four chapters long, uh, Revelations 15 through 19. And then you have Revelation 17, the overthrow of the great harlot. So it's this, the great harlot is described and destroyed in that particular passage. And then you have the overthrow of Babylon the Great, and that's Revelations 18 uh, and 19. So, 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 I, so again, we'll, we'll hit that the next time. I don't want to hit it now because I want to spend some time talking about uh, the prophecies of, sec, of the second coming, the prophecies of the second coming. And that's, um, uh, you have your list there, marriage, supper of the lamb, second coming of Christ, prophecies, uh, and so on and so forth. Let's, um, let's get into, because the second coming, or as some people describe it as the second a advent of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Of course, he came, uh, he was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him, the only begotten of the Father, uh, John chapter 1 and uh, 14. But, but let's look at a couple of things. Let's go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's get into a little bit of this second coming. 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to start at verse 20. Give you time to get there. First Corinthians fifteen twenty. And so, you know, uh, we may go back and forth if if we can't put them up both at the same time. We may go back and forth between the uh, the whole breakdown in these particular scriptures. So, First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty it says, "But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept." It says, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. See, so, so it's saying he's coming back. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the father... Uh, uh, delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. So we, again, we just, just some scriptures that's highlighting the second coming and then I, I want to share a couple other things with you. Then kind of hear your thoughts. First Thessalonians 4, 13. Now again, we talked about 
uh, being attentive and being aware, and the scripture says it again. It's, it says it a lot. Besides hearken and, and, and have a readiness of mind, be attentive. He that has ears, let him hear. You'll hear this common theme throughout scripture. It says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with them. So it's just showing what we truly believe here. It says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of our Lord, coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. It says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. There you go again. He's coming uh, with a shout, uh, with the voice of the archangel, Michael, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another in these words. Now, we talked about that when we talked about the raptures and, you know, and how hopefully we're not there to experience some of the things that's going to take place. You know, when you get to some of these uh, plagues. All right. And then John 14, 1 through 3. John 14, 1 through 3. For the second time, I'm just going to read it. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. See, again, no, it didn't say many clouds. It says many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. There he goes. I will come again, second coming, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Right? And then we'll go back to 2 Peter 3. Starting with verse 3. 2 Peter 3, starting with verse 3. Just some scriptures on the second coming. I just think, you know, just, you know, again, maybe make it a supplement, supplemental study. But take some time to read through Revelations and, and some of these uh, companion scriptures to see what's really going on out uh, in our lives. It's really a great read, a good experience, uh, a good uh, binge watch. So 2 Peter 3, starting verse 3, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Right? It says, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So, so there's people that's going to be like, come on, man. Ain't nothing changed. Right? See, so again, but they're walking after their own lust. They're not playing off of what God says. They're playing off of what they feel, which a lot of people do. They just feel like there is no second coming. It says, for, for this they willingly are ignorant of. This they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, 
that one day with the Lord is as a thousand and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning this promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any should per perish and all should come to repentance. He can't make everyone not perish and come to repentance. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Look, in all holy conversation, that's manner of living, your lifestyle, godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Right? So, so it's saying that we should be locked in. We should be paying attention. Seeing we shouldn't be slack concerning what God's talking about. Right? And uh, let's see. Uh, I'll just give you this uh, for the sake of time. Matthew 16, 26 to 28. You have it listed there, but I'm just going to read it for the sake of time. It says, for what, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come, there he is, he's coming, in glory of his Father with his angels. And then he shall reward every man. Look at this. He shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Some, not all. And it says, what profit a man to gain in the whole world lose his soul? Your soul is your choice station. You lose, see, the devil would say, keep your spirit. Keep your body. Keep your good looks. Keep your figure. Keep your style. Keep your profile. Keep your swag. Keep all that. Long as he gets your soul. So we're casual with our soul. That's our choice station. Once he has your soul, when it's time to choose whether you're going to be in eternity, you can't make the choice. He has your choice. Right? And he has your imagination. He can paint anything he wants on the canvas of your imagination. He has your emotions. He can have you flying off the handle. Out of control. Right? He can have you... You heard what I said, right? Out of control. I'm talking to you. That's been out of control and in denial. Right? You, hey, you can't allow him to have your soul. He's going to give you the whole world. He tried to tempt Jesus with it in Matthew chapter 4. He's going to give you, man, he's going to give you success. He's going to give you fame. He's going to give you props. Long as he keeps your attention off of guarding your soul and eternity. Long as you get caught up in keeping up in this temporal world, right? God has given you richly, richly all things to enjoy. So I'm not telling you not to enjoy. God said, hey, he says, I can't that you might have life and have more abundantly. He said, look, look, look. He said, if you give up all these things and live holy for me, it says you receive a hundredfold now in this time and the time to come. So I'm not telling you not to enjoy this time. I'm saying don't take pleasures and make them your Lord. 
Just make, allow them to be a part of your life. Don't make them your Lord, right? That's all he's saying, all right? Does that make sense? Acts chapter 1, I keep asking you if that makes sense, like you're going to respond to me. Somebody did respond. Thank you. I picked it up in the spirit realm. So Acts chapter 1. Man, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to get through all this information because I, 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 have, I have this stuff that you re I really want to, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Acts chapter 1, 9 through 11. All right, verse 9. It says, and, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Two men. Now, we won't have time to get into the two witnesses, but just two men stood by him. And it says, uh, and while... The, this is uh, verse 11. It says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So they was given some advanced information, right? And then Revelations 1, 7, I'll just give you that real quick. It says, behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall, shall see him, and they also which pierced him, right? And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Look, look like God is so interesting, because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Even the people that pierced him, that mocked him, right? Like, God is so detailed, he's going to make sure they see him, <laughs> He's going to make sure they see him. Is he alive now? <laughs> right? So I, I just love stuff like that. And uh, so, so I wanted to give you that. And then uh, let me see. Oh, this is so much good stuff. We got just a few minutes left because I have the Battle of Armageddon. We might have to. We might have to extend this one more week, <laughs> you know, because we got the whole millennial reign. All right, let's just do uh, Revelations 19. You know, you have that on that uh, on, on your your cheat sheet, which says the Battle of Armageddon, Revelations 19, 11 through 21. Again, as we were talking about the on your your page with the second coming, right? And it says, uh, verse 11, it says, Revelation 19. We're going to start here with verse 11. And now we're playing back off of your sheet. It says, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunder and saying, hallelujah. It says, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, right? You know, it's all powerful. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come. For his wife has made herself ready. Right? So there's a marriage and there's a wife. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, 
clean and white. Now, when it talks about fine linen there, it's talking about, it says, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So, so adorned in righteousness. That's why people that are, the scripture talks about the, you know, the, the fornicated, the effeminate and all that. This is, they, they can't possess the kingdom of God because they won't, hey, they won't be able to put on a garment. The garment is put on in righteousness. See, that's why I get it. I get, you know, I understand. I understand the value of, 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 of mercy and grace. The value of mercy and grace because as we navigate through this world, God says, I understand that they were flesh and, and all have or have, past tense, not all are, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. At times slip. But it's a difference with slipping into sin and jumping into sin. It's a difference between, uh, uh, between surprisingly not being aware of a situation. You ever, you ever been, you know, I've, I've seen this, and I've experienced this in my life where somebody catches me off guard, and I reflex answer, but I didn't give them the whole truth. Yeah, I repent to God. A lot of times I tell a person, no, that's not exactly what happened. Because I like, to, if you ask, that's why I'd be like, don't, don't ask me unless you want to know the truth. I want to tell you the truth. Well, okay, so I, I slipped there. But if I go, you know, I'm going to go in this situation, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to package my lie. Like when I pledge the fraternity, I, 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 this is wrong, totally wrong what I'm about to tell you, but I did it. I said, well, God, <laughs> now, fresh out the pack, Christian, I ain't know no better. I said, God, you know, I'm about to pledge. And the only way I'm going to get through this, I'm going to have to lie. So I just want to let you know in advance. Now, I didn't wait for an answer. <laughs> I'm sure God says, one, you don't need to be lying, and I ain't even tell you to pledge. But that's, that's what I did. So I could say to myself, well, you know, uh, I slipped, but, you know, you know, I asked God for forgiveness. Actually, I was asking God for forgiveness before and after sex. What's wrong with that? See, I premeditated. Premeditated. <laughs> See, it's a difference. It's, it's not, I didn't slip. I knew in advance what I was going to do. <laughs> you know, try to get some insurance. I'm playing God. You see, this is not what this is talking about. Um, the reason why I said this is because that's not the purpose of grace. Grace is to fill in the gaps because you can, you're going to stumble on the way to trying to be holy as he is holy, uh, scripture <laughs> says be holy as I'm holy trying to be perfect complete as he is complete you're going to stumble along the way so grace fills the gaps but grace is not a license to sin the Bible says to just shall live by faith it doesn't say to just shall live by grace right and again somewhat of a side journey we'll get into the battle and all that uh, next week because of time and I want to hear from you guys um, but it's a will be clothed in righteousness, man. Do you understand that? When you start to read through the scripture, you, you see the value of righteousness. Satan blinked rebellion, and he was gone. Well, he didn't really blink. He spent some, t he spent some time getting on their nerves with murmuring, complaining, sowing discord among the brethren, uh, questioning God, right? And then it elevated to a point where he, he saw himself equal with that which he should have been submitted to. See, you submit to authority, you have authority. God set it up where everyone is dependent upon another. Submit yourselves one to another. 
Esteem others better than yourself. Bear you one another's burdens. And so Satan lost sight of that. So if you think he lost sight of that, what do you think in the last days? If God went through so much trouble to make sure there's purity, harmony, agreement. When we go through this, uh, uh, when we get to the details the next time we teach this, uh, it might, well, if we get into it next week, which I think we will, you'll see what's going on in, in the heaven realm. What's going, like, yes, we're talking about streets of gold and, and everything is wonderful. Do you know how an at bad attitude, selfishness, rebellion, uh, uh, jealousy and envy messes up an atmosphere? So could you, you think heaven's going to be dealing with your jealousy, your envy, your selfishness, your bitterness, your irritability? Do you think everybody's going to be in heaven trying to walk, around, walk on eggshells around you? Ain't nobody rolling like that in heaven. It wouldn't be heaven at that point. It'd be earth. <laughs> right? It'd be the life that we live. Why go through all this? Why would Christ die to bring us to a paradise that's dealing with the same mess we're dealing with now? That wouldn't even make sense, right? Somebody said right. All right, so let, let's just end there. And we'll get into the battle of Armageddon and millennial reign. Listen, Revelation 19, 20, and 21, I already knew I was going to get into this. It's so much detail. I couldn't, I couldn't cheat you. I, it's just so much stuff. So, so I promise you we'll hit Revelation 19, 20, and 21. Details of the millennial reign. Details of Battle, battle of Armageddon and some other stuff uh, that, that, that transitions us into uh, the end where we'll, we'll be with Christ. All right, so this is what I want you to do. Of course, this is a time where you can call in, you can ask questions. You know, even if the line is busy, uh, sometimes it's on a delay or sometimes everybody's calling at the same time. And so, you know, just time it, you know, just give yourself a few seconds and then call in. If you do have a busy signal, um, you know, that, that means everybody was thinking the same thing at the same time. Also, if you're watching and you're going to call in, there's a delay from what you hear on the screen and what you're going to hear on the uh, on the phone, so that can throw you off. So you might want to mute your TV and then call in. You know, I know some people have had some trouble calling in because the timing was the same. So uh, and I'm doing this talking, so I give everybody an opportunity to jump in and give us some thoughts. I think, you know, what God is sharing with us, um, it's, it's, I, I know it's good stuff. I think it's good stuff. Uh, I'm not talking about good stuff because I'm teaching. I'm talking about just good for us to know. You know, we kind of been avoiding, like, like the whole Bible is important. That would include Revelations. The whole Bible is important. And, and, I, and I, know, I know why certain men of God, you know, it's not like they, they don't read it. It's just so much detail trying to find in the scope of life with everybody uh, trying to intimidate you on their time. You know, people, you know, like I went to church. We had five services a week. You know, in our culture, five services. <laughs> anyway, I, I, won't, I won't be negative. I'll just say five services is probably a stretch. You know, we had two services on Sunday, two services on Wednesday, and one on Friday. Uh, and me and my wife was there. You know, like, we just was thirsting for the word. Like, again, we did, they weren't all-day services. 
whatever hour, hour and a half, two hours, or whatever. That's you know we did those those particular things. So you know finding the time. Uh, me and Ms. Lamar was talking about this. Just doing this second half. You know maybe we'll just uh, take a Saturday, some Saturdays where we can have you know more than just an hour, an hour and a half. You know maybe a, a couple of hours, a few Saturdays. We could take our time ask questions, really get into it, break it down, uh, and, you know, really walk through it because it is a lot of detail. Revelations has, has, has almost as much detail as the entire Bible just in Revelations and those, those small words. Um, so I understand that, and that's why I wanted to at least take some time to wet your whistle and maybe to uh, challenge you to go study it out. All right, so I gave people some time to uh, call in and either ask a question or Give us some thoughts of what you learned today. What stood out for you today? For you today? What did it make you think about? 